Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today we're going to take a look at the life of an Old Testament hero. Her name was Ruth. How the God worked behind the scenes in her life, and even though she couldn't see it on the surface, behind it, God had a great plan for her life. The same thing is true with you. You can't always see what God is doing, but you know what? Behind the scenes, he's causing everything to work together for your good if you just love him and walk according to his word. Let's go to the word of God today and find great encouragement. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome today to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Today we're going to take a story of an Old Testament woman named Ruth and find out just how powerful, just how important she really was in the history of Israel, but also with our history also today. And she was a Gentile. She was not a Jew. On top of that, she's a woman. And women very rarely find themselves in the genealogies of the New Testament. You know why? Because women were not in there. And because a woman's in there shows that actually these particular genealogies were based on the fact that people gave their life to the Lord, not that they were men or women, not that even they were Jew or Gentile, because many of them found in the genealogy were Gentiles and they were, again, some were women. Today, we're going to talk about Ruth found in the Old Testament. And I'm going to bring out a verse of scripture. First Corinthians chapter 10 tells us this, that the stories of the Old Testament are given to us for examples. It's great to study the Old Testament, but studied in the light of the New. The New Testament is redemption. The New Testament is what Jesus did for us. And there's many back there that gave their lives to the Lord, not knowing exactly what they were doing. I mean, they gave their life to the Lord, but they had no idea about redemption. Jesus' work on the cross, although it was prophesied, they didn't understand it. We do. And we can go back and take the life of Ruth, and we can take the life of Abraham, Isaac, these other ones back there, Moses, and study them. And we can see the Lord Jesus Christ in it, and we can see types of what he's done for us. But we have the reality of it in the New Testament, so it is with Ruth. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us this in verses 11 through 13. Remember that you being in time past, that's before you were born again, Gentiles in the flesh. I want you to notice that races only exist in the flesh, in your skin. It goes on to say Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision. The Jews who were circumcised called Gentiles uncircumcised. It says call them circumcision in the flesh made by hands. At that time, before you accepted Jesus, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who at one time were afar off are brought near by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. This verse is simply saying we can go back and study these Old Testament heroes. By looking at them, we can understand redemption and how God worked with them is how God works with us. We're gonna take a look at Ruth and find out how the God literally had her at the right place at the right time. He didn't force her to be there. He took advantage of her situation. You know, it's not the fact that God particularly sets us in a particular place, is that God knows where we're gonna be. God does not create evil circumstances so he can get you out of it. Nobody knows when evil circumstances are going to come to you and can take those evil circumstances and turn them and make them work together for good. Even Satan himself, 
who does things at you has no idea about the traps he's laid for you that God will bring you through. He does it to trap you, to destroy you, and God can turn that around and turn it into a blessing. In fact, those that are fighting against you today may be turning around and fighting with you tomorrow. It's happened many times in the word of God where even soldiers on the opposite side turned around and fought with Israel. And uh, again, we find that there. We have uh, Uriah the Hittite. Think about that. He was a Hittite, one of David's most valiant men, but he was against Israel in the beginning and then turned and was for Israel later on. Have you ever looked back on your life and it was very evident the hand of the Lord was working with you, doing a situation all the time? Of course, the answer is yes. I can look at that now. But it's often easy after something is over to look back on it and say, well, I see how God's hand was working. But in the midst of it, you don't know how in the world God could take this and turn it around for good. In fact, in most situations, I have declared, Lord, I know you're working, but you know what? To my natural eye, this looks impossible. I don't know how in the world you're ever gonna turn this around. I have no idea how you're gonna get glory out of it. But God works everything intricately together and all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And so this is exactly what Ruth is. In fact, what I'm offering is uh, the story of Ruth in the word of God. And this can become a great blessing to you. I know that will be. And the announcer is going to come on at halftime and tell you how you can have a copy of that for yourself and how it can become a great blessing. A person from the Old Testament, a woman from the Old Testament, a Moabitess from the Old Testament. We're going to find out how what a great blessing she was. So oftentimes, again, it seems like blessings go out of their way to find you at the time you really needed it most, but you didn't see it, how God was working in the background. We just seem to be at the right place at the right time. But no, honestly, it was God who was at the right place at the right time and turned things around for us. It's almost like you've been playing with loaded dice loaded for you, not against you. We think of loaded dice. We often think, well, they're out to get me. But what if God loaded the dice for you and he caused it to where when it was thrown, it came up different. And yet it looks like chance. It looks like everything is just, you know, freewheeling. But God says, no, I'm the one arranging the facts and I will cause it to come out. And he's the one that can cause everything to work together for our good. Romans chapter eight and verse 28, the Lord causes everything to work together for our good to those that love him and walk in love toward him and are the called according to his purpose. You have a call on your life, you're born again, you're walking in love toward God, walking in love toward people, walking with a heart open to him and God can take and make everything turn around and work together for your good. Romans 8:28 doesn't say all things are good. God can even take the bad things and stir it all up in your life and come out on the other side with a chocolate cake. That's what God can do. My mom made chocolate cakes when I was young. And I remember one time when I was little, I'd taste the different ingredients. They don't taste good. You know, flour doesn't taste good and salt doesn't taste good. And, and you know, the different ingredients that you put into it don't taste good. Raw chocolate doesn't taste good. How can you take all those yucky ingredients, stir them all up, stick into an oven and come out with a chocolate cake? I don't know, but that's what God does. God comes out with a chocolate cake with all those yucky ingredients of life all stirred together and he sticks it in the oven and comes out with this thing. I don't know how he does it, but I honestly don't give a rip how he does it. He just does it. And there's oftentimes I've been in a mess and I say, Lord, I know there's a chocolate cake at the end of this thing. I just don't see how it's going to happen, but you know what? It does. And I look back on it and again, realize God was working behind the scenes because life isn't fair. But as a Christian, 
you have an edge. In the midst of an unfair world, I have a more than fair heavenly father. If I'm walking with him, can take the most obvious things in my life, the things that look terrible in my life, and turn around and work it for my good. And Old Testament heroes are that example to me. If God can turn a life around, if God can bring a man out of a belly of a whale, if God could deliver a man and his family out of sin that covered the entire world and then save them through a flood that killed everything except them, then God can certainly take care of me. If he can split a Red Sea, he can take care of my financial problem. You understand what I I'm saying our lives look so bad in our own eyes, but compare it to the extravagant stories of the Old Testament, and you realize if God can do that, what my, what's my need? It's small compared to those things back there. It's small compared to Sodom and Gomorrah. It's small compared to so many things found in the Word of God. So again, life's not fair, but as a Christian, you do have an edge. Life can be great knowing you will always win in the end. The idea of loaded dice began with our Heavenly Father. He's the one causing all things to work together for our good. It still doesn't look like it at the moment. It looks like things that are happening in front of me are happening. It looks evil. But you know what? God says, no, I'm causing it to turn around and work for your good. And I'm going to show you how I can take evil circumstances and bless you out of all of it. Ruth was a Moabitess. She was a member of a cursed race, hated by Israel. Ruth's life was surrounded by paganism. Her religion worshiped many gods and all of them were demons. To rid the nation of curses, that was droughts and famines and plagues. Children were sacrificed to Molech. Babies were sacrificed and thrown into the fires of Molech to be burned up. And children were marked at a young age to be sacrificed. And it was thought to be an honor to be chosen as an offering unto Molech to bring blessings, that's rain and sunshine and good crops. Sexual orgies were conducted in the open, in the groves and in the temple. Young girls were chosen as prostitutes in the temple and it was also considered an honor to be chosen as one of them. Ruth never knew a God of love and mercy. All of Moab's gods were angry and they needed to be appeased. And that's why they threw children into the fire. That's why young girls became prostitutes. And all, again, was to appease the anger of the gods. But every bit of anger could only be appeased for just a moment. And they were angry again later on. So constantly there was needing of throwing children into fire, of girls being taken into prostitution and working in those temples. And again, they had to tell them how great they were for doing this when all the time, behind the scenes. It was Satan that was at work. What about God's foreknowledge? Let's take a look at Ruth chapter one, verses one and two. And here it says, now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. That's in the land of Israel. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He, because there was a famine going on, a drought going on, took his family and went to Moab. He and his wife and his two sons, he only went there to survive, but he went to a place filled with sin. It's wrong for him to go to Moab, but God's even gonna turn it around for his children, his wife, his sons. These things is gonna turn around for them because he chose to take them there. They did not choose to go there. God's gonna turn around and bless them in the midst of this particular land of Moab. Verse two, and the name of the man was Elimelech. And the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his sons was Malon and Chelion. 
So Ephratites of the Bethlehem, Judah, and they came into the country of Moab and they lived there. They lived there for some time. God knew about Ruth before she ever knew about him. God knew her name. God knew where she lived. He knew about her, her marriage at the time in which she had a bad marriage, and again, living in the land here of Moab. And so he knew her name, where she lived. He knew her marriage. He knew her religion, but he also knew her heart. She was seeking in the right way, and he knew her secret thoughts. This is what's so great about her, and the same thing that God knows about you. Stop and think about this. There was a time when you came across God, or did you? Was God looking at your heart, knew there was a longing inside of yourself and he placed himself right in front of you. You thought you just stumbled across him. You just thought that somebody invited you to go to church by accident and all the time it was the throwing of the dice, loaded dice in your case that God was using to lead you into his relationship and wanting that relationship to be with you and knew you had a hope, open heart. So God only knew her present condition, that was again back here in her life, but also had a future for her. So with Ruth, God knew her past, but God also saw a future for her, but he looked inside of herself for that openness to accept him as her Lord and Savior. So God would bring her, a Moabite, into the citizenship and the commonwealth of Israel and literally caused so much to turn on her life that at one time she was a nobody, at one time she was going nowhere, and God's gonna use her as a great important part of the word of God, including the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sound really good? Well, we're gonna get into more of this as soon as we come back from the break. There are four unique characters in the book of Ruth, Elimelech, Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. Each person shows us a different aspect of our relationships with other people and our relationship with God. From Elimelech, you will learn about lessons from a backslider. In Naomi, you will see how a backslider is fully restored. Ruth will show us how God provides in our times of need and from Boaz, we will see how Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. Join Bob Yandian for these teachings and learn from each of these four characters as they speak to you about your own walk with the Lord, as well as showing you more about Jesus and what he has done for us. To order character studies in Ruth, go to bobyandian.com. Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the Word of God, will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for His saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the Seven Dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the temple discourse, the tribulation, the second coming, the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. 
If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Ruth is going to be brought into a family, the family that has left Israel and come now to Moab, and she's going to integrate into that family, getting to know, because finally, Elimelech's going to die and his wife will be there, and so she's going to follow after her and uh, follow her back to the nation of Israel. So God used events already in motion and then also set other events in motion. Some events were already in motion, like I said, and sometimes in your own life like that, you've set some bad things in motion. God can turn that around. But God can also bring in other good things, knowing the fact that you have an open heart toward him. Think about your salvation. Some of you were born again out of the midst of really bad situations. Some of you might've been in prison. You might've murdered somebody. Maybe it wasn't that bad. You just lived a life of sin, not caring about the things of God. But inside of you, God saw there was a hunger deep inside of you that you really wanted to know the truth. And because you've got all these bad things in motion, God began to set some good things in motion and puts together the whole thing. And guess what? It all turns out and works together for your good. And you heard the gospel. You accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Your past was forgiven. And God now says, I have a total future set ahead for you. And even your future can help undo some of the things that you've done in your past. And this is what's gonna happen in the life of Ruth. God used the disobedience of Elimelech and his sons to bring Ruth to him. Elimelech, his sons, when they got over into this land and came to Moab, they turned after sin, began to follow after sin, and just bad things one after another began to happen to them. Even in carnality, this family had an effect on Ruth. Malon must have brought her home where she heard about the beliefs of the Israelite family. And her heart must have desired to know this God, though she made no decision toward the Lord at that time. It was wrong for her to marry Malon, yet God used this disobedient act to bring Ruth to him. God didn't make her, she chose, and Malon chose her, but then Malon died, and so Ruth was left alone, and then her father-in-law died, and she was left alone with her mother-in-law, but she clung to her. And something inside of her saw something inside of them, and she wanted it. Even though they were carnal, even though they weren't living for the Lord, she saw something in them she did not have, and she wanted it, and she accepted the Lord God of Israel. She accepted Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. So the message she had heard was stronger than the disobedience and the sin that surrounded her. I mean, if they were an example of what believers should be, they weren't very good examples, but there was something about them that she liked, something about them that she saw and she wanted. When confronted with a decision, she said yes to the gospel and she hung on to Naomi. She was a believer in the Lord. She took her choice of the gospel. Look at Ruth chapter one, verses 14 through 17. And they, that is the family around, lifted up their voice and wept at all the bad things that happened. And Orpah, this is the other daughter-in-law, kissed her mother-in-law, but she ended up going back and staying in the nation. But Ruth clung to her and she said, behold, your sister law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return with your sister-in-law. The mother-in-law was simply saying, I have nothing for you. You might as well go with your sister back there, your sister-in-law. 
And Ruth said, do not ask me to leave you or to return them following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. I want you to notice this. She had no future ahead of her except for following her mother-in-law and didn't know exactly where that would happen. But her mother-in-law finally goes back to the nation of Israel. And she lives there for a while, but you know what? She has nothing. She's totally broke. And this means that Ruth is going to have to go and get a job somewhere, but she has to take a job as simply being a servant. And that's what she does. Orpah said no to the gospel and she returned back to Moab. This was the other daughter-in-law, but married into the same family as Ruth, heard the same stories of the family faith, was left a widow as Ruth was, but when given the chance, she did not accept the Lord, but Ruth did. Ruth was the only one that followed her mother-in-law back and everyone else had died. They had died in the land here of Moab. So we can only bring the gospel to a person. We cannot make them accept it. And Orpah said no, but Ruth said yes. And so when they got back to the country, what happened was this. There was a kinsman redeemer law found within the nation of Israel. Ruth and Naomi came to Bethlehem financially destitute, but it was better than being back there in Moab. Ruth took a beggar's position as a gleaner in a field in Israel. She chose the field of Boaz. Here was her first leading as a new convert. In other words, the loaded dice now started working for her. She made the right decision to accept Jesus Christ. They called him Jehovah, but that's who we know him as. She accepted the Lord as her savior, came back with her mother-in-law, came back to the land. And all of a sudden, in the smallest of ways, circumstances started to work out for her. Her guidance by the Holy Spirit led her into a life that ended up a total life of fulfillment. And Ruth met Boaz. This is the field she was working in. Look at Ruth chapter two, verses 10 and 11. And here we find her working in the field and she was discovered that she was a Moabitess. And so it says in chapter two, verses 10 to 11, she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground. And she said to him, why have I found grace in your eyes? She's talking about the fact that Boaz came to her. And even though she'd been found as a Moabitess, he liked her, something about her he liked. And he's the one that owned the field. She says, why have I found grace in your eyes that you would take knowledge of me seeing I'm a stranger? I don't even belong. She admitted she came from another place. And Boaz answered and said to her, it's been fully shown to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a nation which you don't know and now have never met anyone here but me. Boaz blessed Ruth. In that same chapter, verses 15 and 16, and when she got up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves. Give her a better place to glean and don't reproach her. Let also fall some of the handfuls on purpose for her. As you guys are grabbing some, throw a handful here and a handful. Don't just let a few things drop. Throw handfuls down there and leave them so she may glean them and don't rebuke her. In other words, what happened was Ruth brought great piles of grain home to Naomi. They had more food than they know what to do with. And I'm sure Naomi kept saying, something's wrong. What's going on here? she told about. And then she said, 
I met a man that owns the field. His name is Boaz, and Naomi recognized his name as a kinsman and now knew the plan of God. Suddenly, Naomi said, oh my goodness, God's been working behind the scenes the whole time. She saw the loaded dice. Naomi recognized his name again as a kinsman redeemer and now knew the plan of God. Boaz could be Ruth's kinsman redeemer and bring her into the family of God's people and the wealth that belonged to Boaz would now become part of the family. Ruth went to Boaz and asked him to be her redeemer and be her husband. Boaz loved her enough to marry her. He watched her from a long way off and were told in his eyes he loved her. And when she came and said, you know what? We are a kinsman afar off and you could be my redeemer. If you'll marry me, I could be that. And everything that's bad about me could be taken in and you could cover for me. Even Malon's death was used by God to put Ruth into a position to be redeemed by a kinsman. Do you understand that? God didn't arrange Malon's death. Malon died, but God can take the evil things that happened to us and turn them around and use them for his good. That's the God we have. By marrying Boaz, Ruth became a joint heir into the family of Boaz and of Naomi and into the lineage of David and the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. She didn't know that. We find it because it's found in Matthew chapter one. In the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ, we find Ruth's name is gonna be mentioned. We'll take a look at that here in just a moment. I like to think of it this way. Because of the, of the lineage, we're gonna find out about something here in this verse of scripture, all right? Ruth, probably thought herself unworthy as a Moabitess. And here she is falling in love. And here's what happened, is that when Ruth met Boaz, Boaz invited her home to meet his father, Salmon. And what they don't, she doesn't know is, although she's probably learned enough history by now, she doesn't know who Salmon is. But not only did Boaz invite her home to meet his father, Salmon, he invited her home to meet his mother, Rahab. His mother was Rahab. Rahab married a man named Salmon and had the son named Boaz. And now she's marrying into this line, not understanding if she thinks she's bad. Wait till she meets her coming mother-in-law. Rahab was a prostitute. Rahab was part of the nation that Israel came to conquer. And because Rahab had trust in the Lord, God spared her. She married one of the spies that came into her home and she covered up for him. And that was Solomon. And Solomon was one of the two spies hidden by Rahab. If anyone did not deserve to come into Israel, it was Rahab, a former prostitute and a Hittite. Boaz married Ruth and she became the great, great grandmother of David, who also married a Hittite named Bathsheba. Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba are non-Jews and ended up being the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Let's take a look at that verse of scripture in closing. Matthew chapter one, verses five and six says this, Solomon begat Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begat Obed by Ruth. Obed begat Jesse. Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah the Hittite. We come back to it again. All this is surrounded by sin within it, but God even took people as long as they had open hearts inside of them and used them for the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Ruth must have been blown away when she came home and met her future mother-in-law and heard her name and said, oh my goodness, 
that's Rahab. Are you the Rahab? She says, yes, I'm that Rahab. And she began to realize if God could do that for her, God could do this for her. If God could do it for Rahab, God could do it for Ruth. And Ruth again became very blessed and part of the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. What am I saying to you? If God could do this and she had no idea what was happening behind the scenes, what's God doing for you behind the scenes? What's he doing right now? For those of you who have never accepted the Lord, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to open up your heart and invite him into your heart and your life as your Lord and Savior. And guess what? God began to do things for you and Ruth could become a great example to you of what God's desire is for you and what God's plan is is for you to bless you exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever ask or think. Think about that and accept the Lord as your Savior and begin to understand God now has loaded dice for you and can begin to work behind the scenes of your life and cause great blessing to come out of turmoil because that's the kind of God we serve. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.